Hey folks, so we're going to be talking about wizards today. Wizards um, as a class, I feel that they are the quintessential or one of the quintessential classes within Pathfinder, D&D, pretty much any fantasy setting, right? Because they deal with magic and pretty much the, the core of a fantasy setting of some sort is the fact that magic is one of the primary sources of power and of you know technology so on and so forth so in today's episode i really want to go deep into what a wizard is and what a wizard isn't i also want to talk about how you can be using wizards in your own world um, and kind of think about it in from a different perspective right we have a lot of social media pop culture references you know so on and so forth of wizards right and a lot of a lot of the tone for the wizard has been kind of negative in my opinion or has been misconstrued because we see you know certain players playing a wizard right and we immediately think well they're really powerful but they're also really squishy and for the folks that don't know what that term is, that basically means they're very vulnerable to physical attacks. And although that's true, I kind of want to change our perspective on that. I want to change the perspective of, well, why is that a big thing and why is that a big deal? So without further ado, let's get into it. A wizard, as we know, are educated magic casters. They learn their craft um, through books or through a formal education. So... It's kind of like someone going to school to become a wizard um, and learning the magic through that. That's something Harry Potter, um, the whole series got really, you know, they got it right. And, and it was well done in that aspect where Harry Potter and the world of Harry Potter, although technically they would be sorcerers because they're born with a magic ability, you know, it comes from inside they go to school they have a formal setting to learn how to you know cast spells and to do everything that a wizard or a witch would be required to do in that world or in the modern world whatever it may be so i find it very interesting how you know she took what feels like she took from you know the subclass or the classes of magic casters within D&D and almost made a hybrid so that obviously is going to be a little bit different if unless you're creating a completely new um, game and style of play. So that, you know, if you are, go for it. But again, a wizard is someone who or the wizard class is someone who learns about magic, right? They learn through formal education, through reading, through whatever someone or something is teaching them. You know, they don't inherit their powers from a patron, right? They don't sign a contract. It's not, they're not born with it, even though I would argue to say that perhaps the wizard has an inclination towards, you know, the arcane, but really learns how to utilize it through education. From a world building perspective, that's going to be a big, big deal because you're going to have to create, in again, in your world, you're going to have to create the environments in which wizards are going to learn right you know perhaps there's yeah there's books and grimoires and there are other things at play but is that you know you're going to have to think as a world builder is there a location in which 
education, you know, magic, arcane, whatever education is housed and do they have a system in place? But we'll talk about that in a little bit. But anyway, the formal education as I went, as I spoke about, it's seen as an arcane tradition or a school of magic. So these individuals, these wizards, these witches, whatever you want to call them, are learning, you know, they're in a formal education or they're in an internship or apprenticeship, again, depending on your world, and they're learning a particular set of arcane skills, right? It's kind of like going to um, a university and you're learning, you, you, you start learning the general information, your general courses, and then you go into the more specifics of your degree or of your um, focus in education. It's the same thing. Basically, a wizard is, in my opinion, it's almost like it's a student. It's a student of magic. And I personally feel that the schools of magic really set the foundation for the type of magic caster that you're going to be playing or that you're going to be creating for your players to interact with. Um, I really feel that that school, that arcane tradition, as it's formally called, is going to be really the bread and butter of your mechanics, right? It's going to allow your wizard to choose the spells um, that are and the stats and everything and create all that for what they want to play, right? I feel that the wizard is one of those spellcasters that has that unique ability. If you've played a wizard before, this, you know, this may be relatable to you. But your arcane tradition kind of identifies who you are in the world, how you practice magic and how you express ma- you know, express yourself through magic. It's kind of like when you go to college or university or when you, even if you don't go to college or university, like if you have a subject in which you're interested in, it kind of starts to identify you and make you unique. And then obviously like there's other people who enjoy the same um, specific, um, how can I say this? Maybe the specific quandaries or the specific um, rules and thought process or philosophies. I, I think philosophy might be a better word. There, there are other people who enjoy the same philosophy as you do, but it still makes you unique, right? So a good example of this is someone who goes and learns about you know carpentry right that whole you know trade so to speak there are other people who enjoy enjoy carpentry but the reason you practice it or the way the reason why you're learning it is to fulfill a need to fulfill a desire or out of pure enjoyment either way it's your way of expressing yourself in the world so same thing with magic right with the arcane traditions there's a bunch of them there's a bunch of different arcane traditions and think of it again as a player think of it as a way for you to express yourself within the world that you're playing in and one thing i would highly 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 recommend is to do your research on it do your research on the arcane traditions that are in your world right or that are in um, the D&D or Pathfinder or whatever it may be. Again, it's not really... I don't want to be specific with the arcane traditions of 
certain, you know, of certain specific games, right? Because I want to make sure that this podcast episode could benefit the entirety of the audience. Whether you play D&D, whether you play Pathfinder, whether you play both. Um, I will use it as an example, though. Um, and, I, and I'll get to that in just a little bit. But with all that being said, consider those things. Consider the type of arcane tradition that your world is involved in, right? Because something that you have to con- that you have to really contemplate is that your world, whether D and D or Pathfinder, may not be official content, right? You you might be playing in a homebrew world where only certain arcane traditions are practiced and maybe the others aren't. Maybe you know, maybe the maybe that system of rule is hindering others from practicing a certain arcane tradition, whatever it may be. I I would recommend as a player to prepare yourself. Ask your DM, ask your game master, hey, what are the arcane traditions that are allowed in the game or, or rather that are available? Um, are you barring any? Are you, you know, making one illegal and one not? Because in our latest, or rather in one of our most recent episodes on necromancy, necromancy is a arcane tradition. It's a school of thought. So does your dungeon master or game master prohibit necromancy? Or does that, you know, region that you're in prohibit it? That's something you might want to think about when creating the character. But anyway, if you're going to be playing a wizard, if you haven't played one, you know, this is some insight that you might want to look into. Um, I've, I've talked about this before where um, there are certain components regarding every class that's really important to the class. Um, the stats are very important, obviously. It represents the way your character is going to interact in the world. And it allows you to kind of see how you weave yourself into the world. Um, we know that wizards are going to have a higher intelligence, right? Because of the education that they go through in order to achieve and learn their powers. So for a wizard, you obviously might want to play, um, play or place rather your highest stats in intelligence. That's just something, whether you know it or not, just a good rule of thumb. And many times people that are playing wizards are going to dump their lowest stats into other things. So commonly used as strength, right? Since they don't view it necessary. I personally say that um, your main stat or your main two stats, what basically makes you effective in combat, should be your highest stats. Just because you want to obviously, you know, have an advantage there. You want to have the best advantage possible to see whatever your dungeon master or game master throws at you. But I would actually like to challenge the thought of dumping stats into something like strength, right? You have the not so strong wizard who's extremely intelligent but can't lift anything. Well, as a player, I'd consider going against that type. Create something that, or rather, don't be afraid to play something that isn't the traditional or the norm, right? I have a bunch of people that I've spoken to um, who came out with great ideas. One of them, you know, we were talking about how, you know, we don't see a lot of strong wizards, right? Imagine a situation where a dragonborn 
noble, right? Dragonborn was, this character was raised in nobility, raised to fight and learned to fight and to be strategic, but then had a, you know, maybe they're the fourth in line, right? Maybe they're the, maybe they're not really going to get the throne, but because they're a noble, they still have to train in the arts and the martial arts and in fighting and things of that nature. So they did that and they're just normally stronger um, people, you know, for whatever reason, but they decide to learn about magic and to learn spell casting and do all these different things, right? That would be a really cool character to play out because you have this really strong and really um, intelligent creature who wants to become a wizard or, or you know, a spellcaster. And it would be interesting to see that because it's going against type and it's also providing the, the players around you with an, with an attitude of you don't have to do exactly what stereotypes have us do, right? There's stereotypes everywhere in the world. Gaming, we should not have those stereotypes. But anyway, I digress. This is something to consider, right? It's something to consider when we're thinking about stats. Because stats, which again, that's actually going to be a future episode. Stats are important because of how they represent your character. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm going to move along from there. And I want to talk about something that's also quintessential to the um, to the wizard. And that's the spell book, right? The spell books, the, the, basically the spells that you're adding to your spell book um, as you're gaining levels, as you're gaining knowledge... They reflect on you as a character. They reflect upon the research that you conduct, the research that you go through, or that of your, you know, um, servants. Or, um, you know, let's say if you have, you know, followers, right, in your game, and you practice that type of uh, gameplay. I know that I allow, especially using like Matt Colville's book, um, Strongholds and Followers. I definitely allow for the followers to transcribe certain um, spells into spell books so that the character, the you know, the player can utilize it. I have no problem with that. But again, it it basically is another way of expressing yourself as a player, and it connects you through into the multiverse, to the world around you, right? To the arcane world around you. I view it, and, and the official material actually views it very similarly, where when you, the, the spells in your spell book or grimoire, whatever you want to call it, they reflect um, the knowledge that you've gained, right? The material actually says, according to D&D Beyond, it actually says, and I quote, intellectual breakthroughs you have had about the nature of the multiverse, end quote. I think that it you know, having that, um, you know, having that description is really important. And I think I would even add upon it saying that not only does your spell book really make it a point or make it a thing of this is, you know, this is who I am. It's this is what I do. That's where I would add that little thing to it. If I was going to rewrite this into layman's terms, um, obviously you're going to be finding spells throughout your adventures. Um, you're going to be doing those type of things because they may or may not reflect your, um, 
you know, your advancement and, and growth in the world. But from a mechanic's point of view, you would even say that, okay, as you level up, you're learning new spells. Okay, that's understandable. But what we don't talk about is the players and game masters who interact with one another at such a high level, or they have such a great, you know, role play um, environment that the game master presents other spells from other traditions, right? What what happens there? How does that reflect the knowledge gained for the wizard? Stuff like that is what I love to do with my players. I love to offer them different tropes, different little things that they, as that character or as that, you know, whatever you want to call it, they now start to think, okay, you know, what's the choice I have to make here? What am I going to, you know, how am I going to approach this and react to this? Um, it's very reflective on that arcane tradition, as I said earlier, right? The spell book, the spells in the spell book, the stats, everything for the wizard, just like any class, but specifically for the wizard, reflect who they are in the world. You know, I stated just a little bit ago that the spells that you choose, the spells that you um, learn will reflect and will be based upon your arcane tradition depending on what tradition you pick right as as you know as a wizard um, studies and quote-unquote studies to advance right which basically means leveling you, you know that wizard is going to utilize and learn more things added to their spell book and i think that one of the really cool things about the wizard is that their work is a result of their studies, right? Because you could, as a wizard, go on adventures and, you know, clear out a dungeon, right? But the wizard, the focus, if you, if you take the mechanics out of it, their growth is dependent upon study, upon learning and reading and experimenting and doing all these things. That's actually kind of how the Necromancer class, and, and the reason I bring it up is because, you know, I recently spoke about it, but I I personally have an investment in it because my players, one of my players is wanting to become a Necromancer. He chose the Warlock path, so to speak, but wants to become a Necromancer. And as a wizard, although it would have been a little, probably a little bit easier that way, um, I feel it, it's still the same, right? A wizard who's learning to become, a, you know, let's say a necromancer, they either fall into it because they want to learn about it or because they are studying something that catches their attention. And whether they want more power or not, that's different. That's, you know, that's going to be really hard to tell because that's going to be dependent upon you as a player or you as a dungeon master working with one another. Um and, and it's something again, like I learned, like I said, it, it's out of a learned experience, right? The the learning experience is really crucial to the wizard. Um, it's actually like a, a great analogy that I've thought about and I talk about often is it's like in Star Wars, right? It's the Force wielders, right? The Jedi um, that you know they learn about the Force not only through meditation. But they learn about it through formal education. They go to the academy 
and they learn their saber con you know saber combat they also learn how to use the force they learn of the force and things of that nature um it's not really the force itself that corrupts them it's how it's their intention kind of like the wizard what i love about the wizard it you know from a storytelling perspective is the study of magic is neither good nor bad it's just magic it's you're just learning about magic it's the intention of that wielder that makes it good or bad or even neutral right going back to the star wars analogy it's you know the jedi and the sith learning the the, the light side and the dark side and so on and so forth right that learning experience affects who they are because of their intentions the wizard they're not affected by the spells necessarily that they learn. It's the intention behind it. Because, again, this is D&D or this is Pathfinder. But specifically, I'm focusing on D&D where the story and the who of the individual is really at the focus. Right. I You might come to my table and you might see how, you know, wizards in one area who are quote-unquote traditionally good may be seen as quote-unquote traditionally evil on an, uh, in another continent in my world. It, it's just depending. It, it will depend upon the table that you're at and within that table, the different things that they that y'all create together. But anyway, you know, the, the reason I say that is because with spellcasters like the wizard, you don't typically see wizards studying multiple things and learning multiple spells obviously unless your dm allows it to happen but you see that person that player it, it's almost like the class makes you become intentional about creating and picking your spells it, it's all you know the class itself in in fifth edition makes it fit where it's almost it's you know not only about team dynamic but but it focuses on story dynamic and how you as a player are going to be a major role in the story again you know again it's a collaborative storytelling game fifth edition is about the story and you might be asking you might be thinking okay brian like understand that i get it but and and, and that's where i would even kind of go to the audience or say to you all like hey like this is actually the really important part about any class, but especially the wizard. It's the story. The class itself, I feel, is built in such a way where it focuses um, to, the, to the point where the spells itself help tell the story. It helps you tell the story, rather. Um, so with all that being said, let's get down to actually building a wizard, right? We need, in when building a wizard, we know that we need a couple of things, right? We know, just like any class, we not we have to start with what you want to do in mind. That's the first thing I would always say. Forget the mechanics right now. I'm gonna get to that, but forget the forget the mechanics. Think about who or what you want to become. So if you want to be a necromancer, go ahead and start looking at that. If you you know whatever you want to do, you gotta pick it. You gotta think about it, and you gotta see what you want to study. Obviously, we know that um, we know that the, you know, and again, I'll quote the the material. The you know, a wizard, quote unquote, lives and dies by their spells. So you have, you know, everything else is secondary. 
Um, so you have to decide what do you want to become? Do you want to be this all powerful wizard that, you know, uses their magic for good, for evil, for themselves, whatever it may be, you know, do they want to, um, you know, what's that, what's that one thing? What's that one desire? And, and again, I reference in, in fifth edition D&D the material because it's really important what I stated earlier about starting with what you want to do in mind because even the material says when you when creating a wizard character it demands a backstory dominated by at least one extraordinary event how did your character come first come to uh, come into contact with magic how did you discover you had an aptitude for it you know those are some of the questions you know do you have a natural talent or did you simply study hard and practice and um you know and, and you practice so on and so forth so that is one of the things that I love about the class. Again, focus on the story, right? And it and how you do that, you got to start with what you want to do in mind. Okay. From there, what we're going to do is we're going to go into the mechanics of it. You first want to choose intelligence as your highest stat. Um, constitution, again, your second highest stat. In my opinion, I would say choose constitution. You know, the material says constitution or dexterity. I should say that. But... Um, I would personally say, forget the or, forget being dexterous right now. Um, first choose intelligence because that's how you use, you, you know, that's how you interact with the world from a combat perspective and constitution. And I would actually say this with every, every class constitution's your health, right? That is, it determines a lot of your health. And if you can, you know, kind of add a little bit of an added bonus to your con, that'd be great. Um, Obviously, there are some disclaimers. There's the school of enchantment, which enchantment is going to be, uh, you know, charisma rather is going to be one of the better or the bigger reasons of uh, or ways of how you interact with the world. Excuse me. So for the school of enchantment, I'd go intelligence, charisma, constitution. Um, but from there, you're going to want to choose a background, right? I think that you as a player should not be limited to the background in the book, right? If you want to be a folk hero who kind you know who was you know a noble who left their noble you know their their noble life to to save the people of the land and become that you and your dungeon master should have the freedom to create that backstory. But if you don't do that, and if you want to just be kind of, you know, kind of sticking around what the official material presents itself, I would choose the sage background. That's going to help you a lot. Um, it's also going to, again, make that, it's going to make that, that sense of story a little bit better. Um, Again, the material um, that we see here for creating a, a wizard, it talks about using Mage Hand, Light, and Ray of Frost cantrips. Choose those, right? Uh, and along with your first first level spells, they talk about Burning Hands, Charm Person, Featherfall, Mage Armor, Magic Missile, and Sleep. Now, that's for the quick build. That is extremely, you know, and that's great. I think Mage Hand's a great cantrip. Um... Light is that quintessential kind of 
you know, that that classic um, D&D spell because you can, you know, light up a cave without having to worry about using your torches or anything like that. But one thing that I would highly recommend is that when you're looking at the material, again, what do you want to become? What do you want to go with? Um, and don't play and play against type, right? You know, don't, you know, don't choose the elven wizard or whatever it may be. No, don't, don't. And that's one thing about fifth edition, as I spoke about last time, fifth edition has this kind of wonky thing where the racial feats and abilities of the class, you know, of D and D impact the decisions of a class right it, it's kind of crappy because if you want to play a, a dragonborn bard it's it's you know it's it's kind of weird it, it may look a little bit weird as we know like a lot of t- as we can see rather a half elf might have might be a better bard mechanically than a dragonborn but you should play with what what with what you want and you should play how you want um so Obviously, you're going to have a couple of different things at first level, right? Regardless of what you, you know, what race uh, combination you play, right? If you play a dragonborn, a dwarf, a elf, whatever, wizard, an orc wizard, whatever, you you need to have those things in check, right? You need to have a high intelligence, a high constitution, um, and then either a high charisma or, you know, based upon whatever school you're playing and, and go from there. Um, remember, you you do gain your arcane recovery, which arcane recovery is essentially like a magic trick, right? It's basically regaining the energy um, that you expended. So once per day, when you finish a short rest, you can choose an expended spell slot to recover. So you basically recover your spell uh, or one of your spells that you lost. And you can, obviously, those spell slots can have a combined level that's equal to or less than half your wizard level. So, and it's rounded up. Um, and one of the funny things and tricky things about this is that it doesn't, it, it, it uh, n- none of the slots can go above sixth level. So if you're a fourth level wizard, again, this is part, part, of, part of the material, and you, you can recover up to two levels worth of spell slots. So you can either recover a one second level spell slot or two first level spell uh, slots. And from there, what I find really neat and interesting, as I said, is to go against type. So when you're choosing your wizard and when you've created your wizard, having, again, you know, having the type of wizard you have in mind, appropriating or you know choosing the right stats for the wizard um, for what you want to play because of how you want to play it and choosing the right spells you know make and again i'm not saying to create a a a class or create a character out of spite right i don't i'm not saying that you know you don't want to create something that's so completely off that as you're playing it you're like dang i'm actually not really having fun with this um i'm just saying as a player myself, as a dungeon master, um, I bet there's a bunch of dungeon masters out there who want to see unique and um, uniquely created combinations. So don't be afraid to do that. 
But as I said earlier, I spoke, I said that I was going to go into the arcane traditions, right? That's obviously something you're going to choose at second level. And it's basically kind of like I stated where in college you, you, you learn your general magic and then, you know, later on you learn your more specific, um, I don't actually like you have your general knowledge and you have your more specific knowledge, excuse me. Um, same thing. So there are eight schools of arcane tradition. There's abjuration, conjuration, divination, enchantment, evocation, illusion, necromancy, and transmutation. So the school of evocation is detailed um, later on, but essentially, like, there are some, there's obviously feats that you gain at certain levels and we all know the ability score improvement you know fourth eighth twelfth sixteenth and nineteenth level for the wizard in this case so it, you can increase your ability score um, by two or increase two ability scores by one your choice um, cool thing about the wizard and again this is where yeah the wizard may be a little squishy but it's pretty powerful because at 18th level um, you achieve a mastery over certain spells that you cast at will. So like a first level spell, right? That That's in your spell book. You can cast those at the lowest level without expending a spell slot. So let's see. Let's go back to what... Let me see. Let's go back to the, the quick build that I was looking at. Sorry. I'm also using my phone to kind of track some of my notes here that I want to talk about. Um, in the quick build for um, the class, it talked, it spoke about burning hands, right? So I could, at 18th level, I have such a mastery that I can use burning hands without expending a spell slot. That's really powerful and that's really cool. Um, and that's something that, again, depending on what you want to play as, you might want to consider. You might want to create this kind of, you might actually want to create this character from like level one, like thinking from level one through 20 um, because it's just so unique. Um, arcane traditions, going back to that, okay. Arcane traditions, um, there are some, obviously there are some um, unearth arcana and there's some homebrew stuff right now that's going on. And it looks pretty sweet, but you might want to, you know, you might want to study each one. Uh, so the school of evocation, like I'll give that an, as an example, you, the, that school focuses um, on magic that creates elemental effects, right? So things like winter, like colds, right? Um, like flames, lightning, thunder rain, acid, things of that nature. Um, so these are mostly like if you've seen any like fantasy animes or shows or anything like that, those are the spell casters within the military. They're the ones that are causing like huge AOE damage, so to speak. So if that's the type of person that you want to do, then go for it, right? That's, and that's a pretty sweet, um, it's a really sweet tradition to not, you know, not going to lie here. Um, and I'm not going to go too crazy into it, but there's you, you get what I mean. You want to study those arcane traditions. I would even say 
if I would layer it, right, if I would take this and look at it as a layer, I would say first come up with what you want to play. As you're coming up with what you want to play, go ahead and start reading all the arcane traditions that D&D or Pathfinder or whatever fantasy game that you're playing has to offer. When you choose that one, go to your dungeon master and say, hey, what traditions are allowed? Or are they legal, illegal, whatever? Ask your game master or your dungeon master. After you do that, start building out the stats. You know, put put in if you're playing D&D, put, you know, put your highest stats in intelligence, constitution, so on and so forth. And as you're developing, you know, this character, go ahead and start because now you have a really good base. Build your backstory. Talk about how you came into the world of magic and how you um, interacted with magic in the first place. All that cool stuff, start putting in there and start thinking about it. That's honestly, and again, that's three steps. That's three layers right there. Probably one of the easiest ways on how to build a wizard. And folks out there who, you know, are listening or aren't listening, it's three easy steps. It's one, see what you want to play. Two, find out if you can play what you want to play is available. And three, start building that sucker out it's it, it's one of those things that the wizard is that powerful of a creature or of a class excuse me i mean a wizard can wish things away right a bard yeah can can get that as well but a wizard can learn certain spells and it, and it comes from the his, the history of the game that the wizard was you know yes squishy but they could summon meteors that could basically destroy the whole planet it's really crazy how that happened but think of it like that think of that um, next time you're gonna you're gonna play a wizard or if it's your first time playing a wizard think of those little things and you and and consider that before you start or when you start I think you're gonna if you if you take that um, analogy if you take that kind uh, that um that approach rather I should say, you're going to have a better time. You're going to have a better time. You're not going to feel that you're playing a wizard who is just kind of vanilla, to say the least. And there's nothing wrong with playing a vanilla wizard or a, or any class that's quote-unquote vanilla. But because I'm the type of person, my mind naturally tends to be more of a world builder and a storyteller than anything else, I like to create classes and characters and things that are just different from other people they may be inspired by other things but i take it and and kind of run with it and that's how you should really treat this wizard you know the wizard class you should treat it as something that you should take and run with it and create your own recipe create your own thing hell create your own uh, arcane tradition if that's what it takes but do something you know the wizard is one of those if you're going to play it you might as well go out in style. I, w- I would say that for most classes, but specifically the wizard is one of those that if you're going to play it, go you know go out with the bang. But anyway, I appreciate y'all listening to the podcast. If you, have, if you did enjoy this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review. 
um, those reviews actually help me to kind of gauge what you and the audience like to listen to and what y'all really enjoy at the end of the day and it definitely helps the channel build a little bit more so you know please do that also share with your friends but folks until next time keep gaming